You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 117. This episode today is a little bit of a shitty topic. We're talking about what's your poo telling you with Laura Morell. Now, Laura lives in Victoria, Australia and out of the city of Melbourne. And I'm coming to Melbourne in just a few weeks. On Sunday, May the 30th, I will be in Victoria, Melbourne city celebrating and bringing to you the Well Women Retreat Day. I'll also be coming to Newcastle, New South Wales in just a couple of weeks as well on Sunday, May the 2nd. So this year we have a lot of domestic events happening here within Australia. And if you do live overseas and you're tuning into this thinking, what about me? I host these live streamed too. So if you would like to look out for the live stream version of this Well Women Retreat Day, it is available on my website at wellsome.com forward slash shop if you're unable to join us in person. The second thing I'd love to share with you right now is a little project I've been working on for a little while now. By a little while, I mean a few months. When I first started out in the health industry, there was not a lot of courses going around. Now, today, there's a lot of courses. Think about it. I studied back in 2012 and 2013, which is crazy to think nearly 10 years ago. But over that transition, I became a menstrual cycle educator. But I didn't actually study a specific course to become a menstrual cycle coach. It just kind of came about studying a bunch of different courses. Literally over eight years, I studied one to two new courses every single year and just threw myself in the deep end. But we are in a pivotal point in the world where feminine consciousness is arising and more and more women are looking at getting connected with their cyclical life, how they can live in tune with their menstrual cycle and live as a cyclical woman, how nature intended us to be. And because of this, I I have decided, and I've been working on it already, I am launching a menstrual cycle certification course program. This will be coming out in a month or so around mid-2021 or early mid-2021. Now, if you're interested in becoming a menstrual cycle coach yourself or you know someone who is, this will be a limited intake for this first round of the menstrual cycle certification program. This course will run for six months and it will include a private Facebook group, live study calls, group coaching calls so that we can learn the coaching experience experience together and it will cover three areas from menstrual cycle awareness and education to understanding the coaching process and how to become a great coach and then also business how can you weave cyclical living into your business and then put a business out there into the world where you can actually help women I've been doing this for a number of years now and it is possible to do this full-time this is my full-time gig (laughs) and I absolutely love it and we need more menstrual cycle educators out there because I can't help everybody plus we all have our own way of teaching and educating And so I'm here to create this and I'll be birthing this really soon. If you'd love to learn more about this, you can pre-register your intake by going to my website, wellsome.com forward slash course, or you can head to my Instagram bio, wellsome underscore Gemma Lee, and you'll find all of the information there for the menstrual cycle coaching course, apprenticeship and training. And I would love to share all of that information with you, but that's enough for me. Let's jump into this episode. This episode is what's your poo telling you with Laura Morell. Now I reached out to Laura to have this fun discussion about poo because let's face it, Laura is a functional nutrition coach and she specializes in functional medicine, which means she gets to the root cause of issues and challenges in her health to find optimal health. 
She helps women learn everything they need to know about their own body. She kind of thinks of herself as like learning this information um, in a handbook of life. She teaches them how their brain works, how to find hormone balance, improve gut health and improve mental health too. She helps women end dieting forever and she loves teaching them how a diet can last for a lifetime, which is ending the diet culture and embracing a healthy way of eating. She has a no BS approach to science-based education when it comes to health and nutrition and she tailors everything for her clients so i'm really excited to have laura um, on the show with us today and we are talking about poo in this episode we talk about how often we should poo the different types of poo the different colors of poo how to test your digestive system transit time we delve into eating restrictively and how that affects our brain and our gut health if we do go on restrictive diets we discuss the gut and brain connection We chat about poo throughout our menstrual cycle. What is stool testing and should I get my poo tested? Like, is that something that you do? And when is a good idea to get a stool test done? And then we talk about the three essential healthy foundations. I absolutely loved recording this episode with Laura and I hope you're going to love listening to it too. So if you'd love to learn about Laura whilst we're going through this episode, head over to Instagram and look up Laura Morell. All of the links to this are in the show notes, but that's enough for me. Let's jump into this episode. Today's episode is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series, a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle, increase your cycle confidence, and help you create a deeper connection with your monthly cycle overall. These three live classes cover understanding your hormones, how they change throughout your four phases of your cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel cycle disruptors and what you can do about them. You know, those things that throw your cycle out, you don't really know where they are, what they do, but you would like to learn how to balance them. We cover that in class two and class three is all about your cycle and contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Throughout this three live class series, you'll also receive bonus gifts, resources, PDF guides, and guidance and support to helping you reset your cycle. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Laura, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk, as you just mentioned, about periods, poo, and sex. <laughs> In the, the before I hit record, I always tell the guests, I'm like, this is the podcast that we talk about periods, poo, and sex. And I'm it really like, is. that is my type of conversation. <laughs> they really, I like to think of it as um, I'll give you an example. I had a client yesterday. You know, and she was like talking about, um, we're talking about cervical mucus and tracking her cycle for natural contraception purposes. And she's learning that natural contraception method. And so she's about, you know, one and a half cycles into learning that method. And, you know, we're going through her chart and I'm like, okay, well, what happened here and what happened here? So I can help her pinpoint, you know, understanding her cervical fluid and discharge versus arousal discharge, blah, 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 blah. And she just turns around and she's like, so I was really aroused that day because I was reading an erotic novel. And so for those next few days, I was like so horny. (laughs) And then she's like, and then I had sex with my ex. And I was like, I'm just like, 
I love that you can just openly just tell me that. Open about it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's because I like to make it such a conversational yeah. topic that it is natural to talk about. And I said to her, I'm so proud that you trust me enough to yeah. just like, you know, where some people might be like, oh God, I don't want to tell people about I got aroused reading a book you know like when gray um what was it 50 shades of gray came out people were like not wanting to hold the book in public because they didn't want to yeah but it's so true and I think it needs to be normalized the conversation I was even talking to um one of my clients today on a mentoring call and we were talking about loving your vagina um, we were talking about how previously she had like candida, she had thrush, she had BV and she just stopped loving it because she didn't know what was happening. And I was saying to her, okay, project Love Your Vagina is underway and just getting comfortable talking about it and not feeling so alone about, you know, these various topics. So yeah, let's normalize it. <laughs> You're on a good totally. <laughs> Thank you. Totally. All right, well, let's jump into first podcast question is tell us what day of your cycle you're on today, Laura, and how are you checking in? Like, how do you feel in this moment? Yeah, so I'm currently on day nine and feeling really good. So I actually just went to the gym previous to this podcast and did quite a heavy weight session. Felt really good. So I'm really big on really listening to my body and then adjusting my training accordingly. So yeah, felt really good today. Checking in, feeling good, feeling happy. Um, just recovered from a little flu as well. But yeah, overall feeling really good. I love those early in a spring feels that come through, yeah. you know, as you enter that follicular phase. Um, awesome. Okay. Now, yeah, right. It's kind of, I saw a meme recently that was like, and I'm like, oh, I need to create one of those for my Instagram, um, of like Cinderella transforming. Yeah. And I was like, that's what it feels like when you're coming from your inner winter to your inner spring, that transitional it's phase. so true, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell us, who are you? What is it that you do? Why are we going to be listening to you today yes. um, before we start talking all about poo and shit and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Laura Morrell. So I run my own business called Laura Morrell Wellness. And I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. To sum it up, I work in functional medicine. So I specialize in helping women really identify core issues. But the main thing I do specialize in is helping women build foundations for health, because I found there was a massive disconnect in the industry and society where it's all fads, it's all health kicks and you know, kicking start our health journey, but there was no longevity. There was no um, sort of foundational planning. It was all very temporary. So my business really specializes in sort of the brain science behind making things a foundation, making it automated and making it a lifestyle. So that's pretty much what I do in short. So in that we touch a lot. My whole business is about education so teaching women about menstrual cycles about how their brain works the science of habits about their gut about gluten basically everything you need for like a handbook of life to be a woman basically in short a handbook of life to be a woman (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it and it's interesting because there are so like you just talked about, you know, building the right foundations for health. There are so many aspects that you can go into with that. For me, I might be a little bit biased, but, you know, working with the menstrual cycle is like my full time gig. I very much believe that, you know, from the age of menarche right through getting to know that side of yourself is really important because that 
represents the cyclical life and mm. I'm forever educating about the difference between a 24-hour cycle and a 28-day cycle even though I don't like calling it a 28-day cycle but because there can be different lengths but in general a monthly cycle a four-week cycle um all right well we're talking about today in this episode all about stool testing and poo and knowing how your body is digesting things by studying your poo how did you get into that line of work well I guess it really is I'm big on understanding your own body which means like you said understanding your menstrual cycle understanding your moods but a big thing is understanding your poo as well um there's like a running joke with me that you know I can have an elevator conversation and by the end of the elevator ride I'm asking them about their stool, asking them about their menstrual cycle. So like I said, it's something we do need to normalize, but it's something as women, we really need to understand if if it's normal, because there's a big difference between consistency and is that normal? So for example, I have girls say, but I've always, always pooed twice a week. Like that's normal for me. So the question is like, is it because it's been consistent for you for a long time? Does that mean it's normal? Or have you been living with, you know, underlying health conditions for such a long time? So we poo, we should be pooing, you know, one to two times a day. So it's something very regular. So we really should be across looking in the bowl and seeing what's inside so we can have a little intel into sort of what's going on, um, not just in the gut, but obviously that affects the brain and affects your mood as well. So interesting. Now, after like myself studying ancestral health, you know, I've been studying my poo since I had leaky gut. So I'm like the kind of person who gets up in the middle of the night. If I do get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet, and it's very rare that I do a shit in the middle of the night. But if I was (laughs) to do a poo in the middle of the night, I would be the one that would turn on the light and be like, oh, my eyes, I can't see, you know, because it's (laughs) it's that important to stare at your shit. Um, Because I always say, Laura, that, um, you know, when you sort your shit out, you sort your shit out. When you sort yeah. out your shit that comes out of your body, you'll sort out the yeah. shit in your life. Um, it, it just 100%. works out like that, you know. Um, yeah. So let's start off by talking about like the different types of poo that there are, because yeah. there's different types. You know, I used to teach this to kids when I ran kids workshops okay. for health. But what are the different types of poo? Tell us. So the, I guess an easy way is to look up the Bristol stool chart. That's sort of a very basic um, visual indicator for it. So I can quickly go through some really common ones that I do see. So firstly, you get like one common type is sort of the separate hard clumps of poo. So this generally means sort of like the pebbles, the rocks type poo. Now, this generally means you're lacking a bit of fiber and a bit of fluids. So straight away, if you're having those type of poos, I would say definitely look at your fiber intake and definitely look at your fluid intake as well. So that's the first one, super common. Then you've kind of got your optimal poo, which is like sausage, you know, it's sort of smooth, um, firm, sort of firm. So that's kind of like your optimal poo. Like a perfectly ripe banana, not too ripe where it's soft, not too hard where it has that funny taste. It's like that perfect, yeah. That perfect. It's a bit like Goldilocks and finding the right poo. Like that's the poo. (laughs) It is. It is. I love that analogy. So that's what we're aiming for. Then you've got sort of your watery. Now this is obviously no solid and this is obviously your diarrhea. So 
if you are experiencing diarrhea, it's safe to say you're losing a lot of minerals as well, a lot of electrolytes. So really important to know that this could be from an infection. This could be gut permeability. This is something we really want to look into if it's sort of ongoing Sometimes I know like when you get your menstrual cycle, you can have, you know, a couple of days where your bowels are a bit looser. However, if you're having sort of that loose stool on a longer term basis, it's definitely worth looking into because it should not be sort of watery. So that's a really big one. And again, that's actually very common. I see that quite a lot. So the next one we've got is more sort of your sausage shape, but it's kind of clumpy. And again, a simple thing like adding a bit more fiber, adding a bit more water, fluids can really help that. And I guess just a common theme here is water. Nine times out of 10, when I have a girl fill in my application form, the water is less than a liter per day. So the, the big takeaway here for anyone listening, I would say simple as drinking enough water can really be a game changer, especially for your poo. So that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've kind of got your soft blobs, kind of got clear edges. Look, that's not too bad. It's not really common. Um, you've got your sausage one with some cracks in it. So this is kind of like your cement that's hardened and it's kind of cracked. Um, this is normal-ish, but again, more fluids to make it sort of that soft. And then you've got sort of your fluffy, ragged edges. It's kind of mushy. Um, And this is sort of on the way to diarrhea. So this is where I'd be like, okay, alert on, something's going on with our gut. Let's make sure it doesn't happen for more than one to two days. Otherwise we need to look into it. Mm. And then the final one I would say that's quite often is kind of the really sticky ones that kind of stick to the side and a flush doesn't push it down. So you kind of got to get the brush. (laughs) I'm loving the visuals. I'm loving the visuals. (laughs) I'm such a visual person when I explain and talk to clients. So yeah, bear with the visuals. So this can indicate too much oil. So you're looking at maybe fat malabsorption as well. So we kind of don't want it to be very sticky that it kind of sticks to the bowl. So I'd say they're kind of your main types of poo. So again, take a look in the bowl um, and just have a a good look at if it's solid, if it's looser, if it's sticking, as well as the colours. The colours can tell us a lot as well. Mm, Okay, well, talk to us about the colour because knowing that there's different types of poo and, okay, having had leaky gut, Mm. you know, your shit can go from being like the sausage, perfect banana, to watery and like loose to rabbit pellets to looking like corn all within four days you know Mm because your gut this is affected by everything and we'll talk about that in a moment but when it comes to different colors obviously what we eat affects the color of our shit right Mm -hmm. but what about like what can we tell by the different colors yeah so i guess the first thing is look if you're going to eat beetroot your poo might come out a different color but on yep. that note, I was just going to say, I actually like eating, okay, quick funny story on beetroot yep. and colour is that I'll never forget when I was, uh, this is like 10 years ago, I was with my sister and we're walking to the beach and she's like, have you ever had like purple poo before? <laughs> I was just like, she was quite young at the time. And I was like, uh, what? I like, didn't know what she was saying. And she's like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I eventually got out of it that she ate beetroot. And I use beetroot as a good test 
to know how long your digestive yeah. takes to digest your food yep. because it's a good color test that's natural. And yep. if you're wanting to know, okay, well, my digestion go from start of like chewing mastication to mm. leaving the body is 12 hours, 14 hours, 22 hours, 36 mm. hours, six hours. You can tell that by eating beetroot. Yes. And that's such a quick and easy, and I get quite a few of my clients to do that as well. It's such a quick and easy test to see your transit time so all you literally have to do is eat beetroot and then look in the bowl to see how long it takes so that's a great one to bring up actually a really good easy simple test to test because transit time is super important as well and I think not a lot of people realize that we want to see how long you know the food takes from going into the mouth to exiting your body because that tells us a lot about the health as well Mm, certainly yeah yeah so yeah talking about the colors of the poo um i talk about the normal ones obviously brown is sort of optimal now you can sometimes have a couple of clients have had sort of a green tinge to it so if it's sort of a greeny tinge it could indicate that it's going through the large intestine too fast and again this can cause a lot of issues um, this could mean mal- like not getting the nutrients that we require as well. So we want to be really careful of that. So yellow is another one that comes up, a tinge of yellow. So especially if it does have a foul smell on top of that as well, it could indicate sort of excess fat. So I would be looking at more fat malabsorption in that particular case, or if it's oily, if it's sort of got an oily tinge to it, definitely um, I'd be looking at fat malabsorption. Um, I guess another common one is black, not, I wouldn't say it's common, but it does happen and black can indicate potentially internal bleeding. So that's something you want to be keeping an eye out for. And um, what's another one? Red. So red can also indicate bleeding as well. Um, so fun fact, my partner's going to kill me for telling these stories. He's always like, every time I do a podcast, what are you going to tell them about me this time? Because last time I... I bagged him about being lazy for not getting his steps in. But anyway, I'll talk about his poo. So I'm really big on even checking my partner's poo. And he had red poo. So told him to take a swipe so we can have a look. And he wouldn't have noticed anything. He would have just thought it would, if I hadn't told him to always check his poo, he would not think anything. So it's really important to make sure you are looking because that is an early sign to get a check, rule out cancer, rule out anything more severe. And this was as simple as having a hemorrhoid that burst, but you want to rule out anything else. So ladies, get your partners to check their poo too. If you're like me, take a look in the bowl. (laughs) I always think about like checking poo. So many of my analogies come back to mothers. Now I'm not sure. Are you a mother? No, no. Okay, neither am I. Yeah. Um, but when with mums and, and new newborns, so like in mm. like newborns, infants and toddlers, the way to understand what's going on with their health is looking at their shit. You know, if exactly. you're if your if your baby is like four weeks old and hasn't done a poo all day, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with the child. Yeah. Right. And you like you instantly start thinking that. Or if the, you know, there's a change in the poo consistency or you see how much like depending on what kind of nappies you use um you know that wow we really went through a lot of nappies today or we didn't yesterday you you're focused so much on the signs that the baby's but what happens my question to the universe and everyone listening is like what happens as we become adults that we just lose our curiosity of wanting to 
we care more about that and looking at like another person's poo regardless of being a child than looking at our yeah. own it's kind of like you sit on the toilet out of sight out of mind don't have to focus on it but okay. it's the same as your period blood it's one of your own best health checks yeah 100% and that's so right and I think as a society we've really shied shied away shone away you know what I mean from looking and checking out our own internal markers I mean I'm someone as soon as I feel something different I'm always questioning oh why am I in that mood today like what part of my cycle am I in what foods have I eaten have I accidentally had gluten whereas we kind of accept feeling average as normal. We kind of accept, you know, pooing twice a week as normal. Um, and then when you think about it, because I have clients say, yeah, I poo probably every two to three days. And I'm like, that's twice a week. That's, it doesn't sound so much when you say every second day, but then you think about it, that's only twice a week. So yeah, I think, I think we do need to be a bit more diligent in terms of just doing simple health checks, like looking in the toilet bowl or just looking down at your period blood be curious touch your discharge and you know <laughs> see what's going on there exactly you can learn a lot about it mm-hmm. um, a lot about it and the other thing you can also learn about in your poo is whether you chew your food or not yes so yeah. you know if you're shitting and you're like I think it's so funny with kids like I'm a great auntie to like lots of different you know best friends kids and stuff and you know when yeah. they're like look mummy there's corn in my poo you know like kids are just so like out there and honest and transparent with stuff that's a sign that is like oh wow I was not focusing when I was eating that meal was I I really I like if in my own shit if I you know you dubbed your partner and I'll dub myself in um you know if I if I see like whole pumpkin seeds or like Mm -hmm. um, sunflower seeds which are easier to kind of get through the cracks of chewing yeah I'm like all right was that salad I was not present enough with eating that salad so I'm gonna focus you know um and it just goes to show that your body doesn't have extra teeth the only teeth your body has is in your mouth so give Mm. your teeth time to chew your food and I think that's such an interesting point you bring up because a a module in my program is is learn how to eat I'm just not even joking I teach girls to forget everything you know about eating and let's relearn how to eat because it really starts with looking at your food. Like you've got the cephalic stage and this is where relationship with food is really important. And I don't usually like to say relationship with food because I don't believe in having a relationship. I think it's more your view on food. But for example, like if we have, um, you know, a piece of chocolate cake and we're looking at it and we're feeling quite negative, we're thinking, oh, we shouldn't eat that. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on weight you actually metabolize that quite differently to if you look at that piece of cake with like, yes, this is going to be so good. I'm so excited for the taste. It's a complete different process to what your body goes through in terms of digesting. So if we look at that from sort of a health or a fat loss standpoint, because I know it's quite common for women to want fat loss, um, it's really important to understand that if we're looking at food a certain way, we're not going to be producing enough enzymes to be breaking that down efficiently, but we'll also, because a thought can produce cortisol. 
And if that cortisol's in our body whilst we're eating, blood flow is going away from digestion. Now our digestion is not optimal. So that way it can be really hard to have full digestion over food. And this is why, again, we could literally be pulling out our food and it's not even chewed or, you know, nutrients haven't been absorbed. So it really starts from your thoughts on the food before you even take a bite. I love that you mentioned that, you know, being an Ayurvedic coach and teacher, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what they teach in Ayurveda. And I always, whenever I've taught about gut health or digestion, you know, and I ask people like, where does digestion begin? They're like, Mm -hmm. especially kids in the mouth. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, well, let's think about like, what's your favorite food? And they're like, I don't know. My favorite food as a kid was custard tarts. That was like the treat that used to get off my nan. Right. So me, I'd be like custard tarts. And then I would instantly start thinking about like, oh, walking past my, ba- like the favorite bakery and like yeah. getting the whiffed, you know, this is a bad example, but like the smell of Subway, you know, like yeah. when you can just smell it from a distance, but any, whatever your favorite food is, just the moment you start thinking about it instantly, you start, I'm already salivating now. You start salivating. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I haven't had a custard tart in like literally probably like years, like 20 years. Yeah. So you're due. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been gluten-free for 21 years this year, so like a long time. But it's interesting because that's where digestion begins, when the mind is activated. So let's, before we talk about stool testing, Mm. let's talk about the mind connection with the gut and how the mind affects digestion and therefore that can affect the stools that we have and then why we might then stool test. So let's talk about how does the mind affect our affect our digestion it's kind of all connected so you've got the gut which connected to the brain through the vagus nerve oh and fun fact about poo like you know sometimes i actually went to cairo the other week and um his name's simon he's brilliant anyway he works with anxiety with me because i am an anxious person so i have to stay on top of sort of stress management and so he was working on pushing my stomach down because obviously when you have anxiety things shift and so constipation is quite a common one so he pushed down and was doing what he does and anyway uh, about four hours after that I had the best bowel movement I've ever had and you can actually stimulate that vagus nerve so that's the connection between the gut to the brain and it was like a sense of euphoria you literally walk out of the bathroom feeling so good so I'm sure we've all had that poo where you just release and you're like wow so there's definitely you can even sense and feel that connection between the gut and the brain so there's actually two axes there's the gut to brain but then there's also the brain to gut so it's really important that we look after both because like I said if we're for example living in a stressed state now I always like to clarify what stress is because a lot of the time women are like oh no but I've always had a stressed life or it could be no I'm not that stressed because we first just look at stress as, okay, job, relationship. And that's the only sort of stresses we look at. However, there's so many different stresses. There's over a hundred. There's gluten. That's probably one of the biggest ones that women women um, consume. There's alcohol. There's sugars. There's antibiotics. There's obviously the physical. Caffeine. There's caffeine. And then there's things such as your internal thoughts. So how you talk to yourself, how you look at yourself, do you think you're fat? Do you bully yourself? Um, There's so many aspects of health. Psycho-spiritual is a huge one. So how it's like self-love, how you view yourself. So even our thoughts, 
can be producing cortisol, the same effect as if we're being chased by a tiger. So if we're being chased by a tiger, straight away sympathetic mode, we're going fight and flight. And then what happens is the blood flow goes from our stomach, digestion area, into our extremities, arms and legs and brain as well, because we need to think. And we're preparing to either run or fight. So our blood flow is not there to support digestion anymore. Therefore, digestion gets downregulated. Now, if we're doing this long-term, you can only imagine the long-term effects of a downregulated digestion. And it all goes hand in hand. Now, we don't actually have pain receptors in the brain. So if I was to punch you in the arm, you've got like a pain receptor, you would throb, but we don't have that mechanism in the brain. So if we've got long-term digestion effects, then it can influence the brain as well. And we can have inflammation in the brain and that can present as anxiety, that can present as depression, it can present as headaches, brain fog is a huge one. You know, the whole, um, oh, what did I come upstairs for? Or oh, I can't remember where I put my keys or that, you know, tip of the tongue type feeling. All those are signs of brain fog and inflammation. And all that comes down to how our digestion is. It comes down to the food we put in our body. It comes down to the lifestyle we live. Are we living in a chronic state of stress? So it's really important before we even get into sort of stool testing to see what pathogens and infections and, you know, dysbiotic bacteria we have, which I find so fascinating. But before women go down that route, it's really important to look at sort of the lifestyle factors, their stress management, their lifestyle. Are they eating in a rested sort of um, parasympathetic state there's so much we can do foundationally before we even get into that that will improve that gut to brain access and brain to gut access as well there's so much your poo can tell you about your body (laughs) everyone's probably listening is listening to this being like fuck i never knew there was so much to learn about shit (laughs) you're looking that bowl now (laughs) yeah exactly right it's like it's not a day goes by I don't look at my shit um it's really it's it's I find this information so empowering because no matter what I like the when I educate and teach in the well women academy I always explain that no matter what's going on in your life it's affecting you in some way whether it's affecting you positively or negatively I don't really like those two terms because it's like it's you're either a or b but you're either in an upward spiral like an enlightening spiral or a contracting Mm -hmm. spiral and our body literally goes through expansive and contractive everything expands and contracts and that's a an ancestral theory that I learned that you know, you're either leaning into something or you're pulling away from something. And that's the same with decisions, but also your mind with that whole expansion contraction that, yeah, if you're having challenges with your thought process and your mind and your energy and in Ayurvedic psychology, you know, any imbalance in the mind is because of the imbalance in the body. Yes. And it's, it's kind of like that figure eight, you know, what happens as above the ground as below the ground. So whenever we're looking at a challenge upstairs in the head, there's something going on in the body and that thought pattern or that um, headache or that migraine or that, you know, whatever it could be is just a a message that there's something deeper, but we live in a world that's so busy, it's busy that we forget to check in and we forget to look at our shit and we forget to, you know, look into our menstrual blood and, and feel around in it. 
I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. A question I'd love for you to answer, um, because we haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast, is what is your poo for a healthy menstrual cycle going to look like throughout your cycle. So we've got, if you break it down into four phases, so we've got the menstrual phase, we've got the follicular pre-ovulation phase, ovulation and post-ovulation pre-menstrual. What is that poo for a healthy cycle going to look like throughout those four phases? Well, if we look at the early follicular, let's go week phase one, Mm -hmm. our hormones are all downregulated. So our key ones we'll look at here is, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So these are our anti-inflammatory hormones. So what's really important to understand is if those are down, now this depends on your health. So the healthier you are, the less um, ebbs and flows of symptoms we're going to have. So let's go, for example, someone with suboptimal health. They've got a drastic reduction in estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone in that week one their stools can be quite loose because we don't have that anti-inflammatory property to help support us. So that Mm. bleed can be quite loose. But then if we go into sort of your mid to early follicular, that should, because your estrogen and your testosterone start to rise, you should have normal looking poo. It should be back to sort of your firm sausage-like as well as phase three. Then you go to phase four, and again, we have that drop in estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. Our poo can sometimes be slightly less optimal as well. And again, if we're living in suboptimal, we're going to have two weeks where our poo is not optimal. So this is why it's so important as women that we have a really healthy lifestyle because it's important to make sure that we have optimal poo as close to four weeks of the month as possible, as opposed to having two weeks where it's suboptimal because of our hormones. So our hormones are so important when it comes to your digestion as well. Um, and I think that's where as women, we need to understand what's happening with our hormones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, oh, there's so many reasons why we need to know our body. And yeah. it's interesting. I was having this conversation. I can't remember who it was with, but we were talking about, I think it was my sister's friend. Anyway, you know, her um, friend was like, God, you guys, you know, look like twins. I'm seven years older than my sister. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm so in my 20s still. (laughs) And, um, you know, a lot of the times when I meet people, and this isn't to like blow my own hooter, but 
you know, they they feel like I'm younger than who I actually, like what I actually look like or at my earth age, how long I've been on the earth. And it purely comes back to those health principles and being a healthy person. And a lot of us feel like being healthy is a chore. Yes. But being oh. healthy is not a chore. Being healthy is, oh. is, is a label that, you know, yeah. society's given us because we've created so many unhealthy things. Yeah, you're firing me up in a really good way right now. (laughs) But if unhealthy things, let's really rant on this. If unhealthy things were never created, we would just be. And being healthy is actually just being because we are human beings, right? And really ranting. And um, I just find it so frustrating and challenging that when people say, and I teach so much about this in the Weldon Academy, especially Mm -hmm. the the mind mechanics of psychology with this, is that... Mm -hmm. Oh, but if I if I eat healthy, I can't have chocolate. And if I eat healthy, I won't be able to like go out and enjoy dinner with my friends. And that's just a belief. That's not true. That's just your current paradigm around that. But being healthy is literally just living in balance with your body. It's very true. And one thing I always teach women is one, you need to create your own balance. You can never find it. I have so many women finding balance for their whole lives where it's like you need to create it. And a big thing I teach as well is I live a, a lifestyle that I preach. I'm healthy. I've lived this lifestyle for God knows how long, let's say 16 years. I've just always been healthy. For me, it's easy. And when we look at why eating healthy in brackets is hard, it's because When we're constantly in the all or nothing, which is a very, very common thing with women, we're always constantly having to start again. Now, every time we start again, we have to relearn how to eat, get back into food prep, make sure we hit our steps, make sure we do our training, make sure we practice mindfulness. You're using that prefrontal cortex and that's the front part of your brain. So this is what um, separates us from animals. So it's our decision-making. Now, If we're constantly trying to build these habits, that prefrontal cortex is like the Ferrari of the brain. It chugs at your energy. And this is why it's so tiring by the end of the day. Whereas if we spent time, and this is why I'm so big on creating foundation, if we invested into time to create such strong foundations, those actions then turn into habits in the basal ganglia part of the brain. Now, your basal ganglia is like the Toyota Corolla of the brain. It's very fuel efficient. So it literally sips, and I use that because I've been a Toyota Corolla for God knows 14 years. Um, It sips at your glucose fuel. So it doesn't take so much energy. So if I look at myself and I look at someone who's starting again and in brackets starting again, by the end of the day, we're, we're two different people. I'll still have so much energy because for me, I I barely used any energy deciding to be healthy because I just did it. Where if we look at person B, they're going to be exhausted because they have to consciously think about food prepping, consciously thought about their steps, consciously thought about choosing this food instead of that food. So that's why it's so important to make sure we spend time working on habits as opposed to just going straight into a calorie deficit and skipping the foundations of health. And I think that's where we've... I don't want to say gone wrong as a society. I think that's where opportunity is in society of where we can improve and heal for women. So much opportunity, isn't there? Yeah. Like, and I feel that we live in a world that 
there's a lot of shiny objects and yeah. therefore we feel like we have to restrict ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when yep. there's no restriction, oh, this is getting juicy. When there's no <laughs> restriction, you know, you you can have access to everything. And, yep. you know, quite often, um, you know, if I meet someone and they're like, oh, do you, do you drink? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I drink liquid. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 alcohol. Do you drink alcohol? And I'll be like, oh, sometimes, like rarely. And they're like, oh, really? Like that must be so hard. And like, yeah, a choice. But mm-hmm. when I want to drink alcohol, you know, I, I, it's always a situation where I'm fully prepared, where mm-hmm. I'm like, like recently at Christmas, I, um, you know, was like, yeah, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine with my dad. And, you know, that was just the thing. And as soon as like my brother asked me, would you like some wine? He cracks the voice. Like, oh, the old Gemma's coming out. Look out. Here she is. You know, it's just like stereotype of like, you're either like a heavy drinker or you just don't drink at all, you know? Oh, but, 100%. But why can't Straight you, why can't mm. you, when you feel comfortable and you feel connected with your body and you tune into your intuition when you have a healthy gut, that's possible that you go, oh, actually, yeah, I will, I will have a glass, you know, because you're yeah. allowing your body to guide you because you're mm-hmm. so in tune with it because you check things like your shit every day and you check your period yeah. blood and you connect with yourself and yeah. It's so true. And I think I was actually, it was actually today I was speaking to someone, but I can't remember who, and we're talking about how being unhealthy is the norm. And if you're someone that lives a healthy, normal lifestyle, like myself, I've been labeled a health freak my whole life. Oh, Laura, she's that health freak. Oh, you're one of those. Those health freaks. My whole life, I've been called the health freak. I worked in corporate 12 years. I was the health freak in the corporate world. And it's like, all I'm doing is looking after my body. So that shouldn't be the abnormal that should be the normal, which it's always baffled me to this day. So we are living in a world, and you're so right, where it's so extremist. It's whether you drink and eat crap or you're just over-the-top healthy. There's no balance. Whereas, like, I do drink alcohol. I had two drinks on New Year's Eve, and the next um, drink I'll have will probably be my partner's birthday in April. And that might be my two times I drink this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm selective, but I let my body, as you said, guide me when I feel like drinking. Like New Year's Eve, wasn't planning on drinking, but then I felt like it. So I decided to have one or two, but I felt great the next day because I still did my routine. I didn't feel the need to drink in excess. Um, I'm really confident. I have so much self-love. I don't feel the need to have alcohol to have a good time. And I think that's a whole other conversation about yeah. alcohol. But yeah, for me, I I would drink because I feel like having a drink, not because I need confidence, not because I want to feel part of something. Or suppression, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. It is an extremist society, I think. So try Mm. to bring balance in. (laughs) Totally. And I I just want to reiterate to everyone listening that it is possible. Like what we're talking about is possible. I wasn't called the, the health freak. I was like the bloody hippie like okay oh you're the bloody yeah like oh you're the bloody hippie that wants to turn a juice pulp into freaking seed crackers (laughs) you know um you know and I've 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 lived a healthy life for a very long time and and that's just how I live you know I don't really I I know how to live other ways but this is just how I live and I I just want to reiterate to everyone who is listening that it is possible to eat in tune with your intuition and it is possible to drink in tune with your intuition and it's 
possible to feel all of these things, but it's a journey of discovery and learning and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, if I look at when I had, I had leaky gut, what, eight, eight, nine years ago, like for the last almost decade, I've been living with conscious gut health focus every single day. Whereas I've been living with conscious, conscious movement focus since I was like, I don't know, I started swimming when I was six months old for like my whole life. I've been a movement person, but you can't judge yourself for where you are. You just need to allow yourself to be present with where you are and that will create change. So if you're thinking, well, it's easy for Laura and Gemma, you know, to like have a couple of drinks sometimes, but they don't know what it's like going out with friends and saying, no, I don't want to have a drink because that's really hard. Yeah, and it, and it is. And I work with a lot of women and a big module is overcoming those objections because there is peer pressure. And this is why I've got a Facebook, a private Facebook community, because you need to be surrounded by like-minded women. You need to learn how to be confident in saying no, like, you need to create that new identity of someone who, um, you know what, I'm no longer someone that needs to get drunk, like drunk to the point where I have no conscious thought anymore. You can create that new identity, but you have to be confident in sending that message to your friends and family. To be like, you know what, I don't drink anymore, or I'm just going to have one or two and that's it. So it's about mm-hmm. being confident. But I think you touched on a good point about like, you know, listening to your intuition. And I think a really important thing is respect where you are now, accept where you are now. Um, Our gut can also tell us we want certain things that isn't great. So you can have quite a bit of dysbiotic gut bacteria that thrives on sugars. So you could be craving more of the sort of, you know, junkier sugary foods and suffer from that binge eating because of a particular strain of gut bacteria. Now, in that particular case, it's really important to understand one, we need to make sure we get ourselves healthy. But two, we actually, before we can go into intuitive eating, we need to learn educated eating and drinking before we can go down the intuition. Otherwise, if you're not in an optimal state of health, your intuition could be saying, have that block of chocolate because you need a serotonin hit. So it's not always ideal. So this is yeah. why we really need to get healthy first. And we need to use our intuition to get healthy, listen to our bodies, know something's not right. Look at your poo, look at your menstrual blood, be like, something's not right. I need to get healthy. Start that process of getting healthy, learn, be educated, and then you can live a life of intuition. And then you can be a lot more confident in having balance. But like you said, it is a really big and important topic to understand how to have conversations with people about if you want to cut back, if you don't want to have so much alcohol, learn to create that new identity. Because at the end of the day, we are not the identity that we've had for the last 20, 30 years. We can create a new one. Again, that's a whole different conversation about new identity. (laughs) At the beginning of this year of 2021, I ran a a five-day challenge inside the Well Women Academy. We run them quarterly. And one of the challenge, um, one of the ladies in the group, um, of my membership group, they, she was saying that, you know, she was guilting herself because she ate cake and she was still on this bandwagon post Christmas. And, you know, she's like, I hadn't stopped. And then she just kept saying, oh, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. And in the message that she put in the group, she's like, but then I just realized I can start now. <laughs> I don't have to wait for tomorrow. 
And I think the biggest thing, um, you know, if you struggle with with diets or fads or thinking you need to lose weight and, and do things like that is just look at why you're restricting because you don't have to restrict. You know, if I want chocolate, I like, if I want to eat a loaf of bread, I can eat a loaf of bread. It won't make me feel good, but I can yeah. do it. You know, and I just choose not to, you know, I can, I can go out and, and drink a bottle of wine if I want or buy a block of chocolate mm-hmm. or make a big cake and eat the whole freaking thing in the batter before I even put it in the oven. Like I can do that but it's a choice. And so it's not restrictive. Like if I want to go buy it, I'll go buy it, but it's knowing why you're buying it. That really matters. Um, so Laura, we could just rant about this forever. I reckon Um, you mentioned before about, you know, the gut has a couple of different type of bacterial strains. Mm. Um, let's talk about stool testing, you know, before we run out of complete time, but let's talk about stool testing, understanding your poo, knowing what color it is, um, like your digestive speed. So how long it takes for your transit time for your digestion of food, you know, all of that matters. And we've chatted about it, but where's the time frame that someone might be like, Oh, I think I've got to a point where I need to get my poo tested. Yeah. I would say create that foundation six months eating super clean. If you're someone who's really wanting to go through the process, 12 weeks, however, I would say allow your body six months of no gluten, really eating nutritious, getting enough protein, fats, carbs, managing your stress and just nailing the foundations. And then in six months time, if you're still suffering from certain symptoms, it's definitely worth looking into getting a stool test because stool tests are very beneficial. They can tell us a lot of information. Um, But if you haven't nailed that foundation, there's no point going into the stool test. I would say save your money, build that foundation, and then look into sort of the stool testing. And that can tell us a lot of what's going on. Because a lot of it can be cleaned up just through diet, through lifestyle. I don't like the word diet, but through eating the right foods and through lifestyle, it can be cleaned up. Totally can. It totally can. It, it just makes me like think back to, you know, when I had leaky gut, I'm so glad you mentioned about the six month mark because when I tell people about what I did to heal my leaky gut myself, and this is before, this is back in 2012. So before the whole, everyone knew about what leaky gut and gut health was. Yeah. You know, I did that restrictive. It was very restrictive, restrictive. I made the choice though. No one told me to do it. I just, I created this for myself. I did it for a full year. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. And afterwards, when I went to reintroduce foods, and you know, and I had no grains, no nuts, no seeds, no dried fruit. Literally, all I ate was fruit, fresh fruit, mm-hmm. and vegetables. And there was no restriction on quantity. It was you could have as much as you want, but that's literally all I ate. There was nothing yeah. else. Um, so I wasn't going to bulk food stores. I was only going to the farmers markets. Yeah, and um, you know, it completely transformed my body and my health you know I didn't I didn't do it for weight loss not that I really ever was overweight but I lost just over 10 kilos in inflammation you know I'm six foot tall and I've never been overweight I've always kind of been like a size 10 size 12 which is basically what I am now still today but I just had this extra inflammation all throughout my body and when I just kept it simple and kind of pulled it in my body just thrived Mm-hmm. but was I isolated from my friends? Yes. Was I isolated in my family for a while? Yes. Did people not understand me? Yes. Did I lose relationships because of that? 100%. Yes. Did I have to change my, tra- like the way that I was moving and training my body? Yes. 
did people like one of the biggest things is people just didn't know who I was they were like yeah. what do you mean you don't eat eggs on toast ever <laughs> you know yeah, like, who are you what's yeah <laughs> yeah like but what you don't want to just have a drink it's just one drink yeah it's just one drink and then your mind's like oh yeah it is only one drink but one mm-hmm. drink's enough to just change things and you just need to and I teach this in depthly in the academy that the last is seven steps and there's a free download on my website. I give myself a plug on my own podcast. I'm sorry, but like there's a free download about seven, seven principles to simple daily health. And the last one, step seven is your environment and your environment won't change at the start. So you're not going to have an environment of like help, like friends who are, you know, supporting you and helping you. And, you know, on that same page as you as step one, that's going to be the last step because you've been so consistent with all the other ones that that's who you are now that your environment, your friendships, where you work, everything will just literally sort itself out. I 100% agree because what I see as a trend with my clients is at the start, they're not as involved in the community. Then by maybe week six, week seven, they're really hands-on in the community. They're there every day. They're commenting, they're liking, they're sharing, they're posting, and their whole environment's changed because now they're relying on these like-minded women to really help them. So yeah, environment is a huge one because if you are starting a health journey, just know that it can be very lonely and it can be isolating. I know coming from my health journey, um, you know, you, you do have to sacrifice. You do have to, you know, compromise on things and your network may, your current network may not understand that. So it can be really isolating. So it is really important to align yourself with people who get what you're going through um, so you don't feel the need to, oh yeah, it is just one drink. I will just, you know, for the sake of sort of fitting in. So that's, that's a really good point because if you are getting stool testing and something comes back, it's safe to say you will go through restriction. If you're really serious about getting serious on your health, you have to cut out gluten. You may have to cut out carbohydrates. You may have to cut out, um, certain foods that are aggravating a bacteria, for example. So, that's all really important to understand before going straight into this. And it's important to be prepared for that stool test. Preparation is so important. And having at least one person in your life who's a supporter, whether it's a partner, a best yeah. friend. Like before I found out I had leaky gut, my my best friend did a candida diet. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I, I used to work as a food science formulator. So I was very aware of like food and, and nutrition and everything at the time, even though I still got leaky gut hello stress but um you know she said that and she was like having a meltdown and she's like I can't do this and I was like I'll do it with you she's like really I was like okay I'll do it she's like it's six weeks I'm like yep I'll do it (laughs) you know but I learned I learned a lot in the process too but it's important to have someone you don't have to say you're going to do it with them but you're going to be able to support and that when you know they reach and say hey look let's go to the store and get some ice cream you're the supporter who says look is that something you really want to do yeah absolutely you know rather than being like no you can't do that just asking the question is that something you really want to do are you sure you want to do that um I think that's so important to have that supporter from the start let yeah. someone know what you're doing whether it's a partner a friend a best friend a mom a dad your dog accountability um, partner online if you're not in person yep yeah, yeah really important that's why communities are so good like you said yeah um, they really are 
Mm. Oh my God, we could talk about this forever. Okay, I do have a final podcast question though. And you've been mentioning this like a bunch about building foundations for your health. Now you probably have a list of a thousand things you could do for your health like I do, but what are like three to five like essential foundations that you feel are essential on a daily basis for someone to like build good health? And it's funny, we talk about good health and before when you're mentioning about like, you know, having to reduce and remove things after a stool test result is that most of the time you just go back to eating what we ate hundreds of years ago. You know, the only thing we're kind of removing is the new stuff. And, you know, supermarkets have only been around since the mid forties. So, you know, we just go back to eating the way we always used to. Um, But what are those foundations that are going to really, you found to be really supportive that you think could help women and men rebuild healthy foundations? So the first thing I'm so big on is own your mornings. So wake up and we are, as humans, designed to have a rhythm and a routine. For example, the sun rises, the sun sets. We have spring, summer, autumn, winter, months. Our whole lives roll around routines and rhythms and as are we. So it's really important for us to have daily habits and routines. I'm very big on morning and nighttime routines. Your body needs to know what's happening. So wake up, own your morning and set a good routine. For me, and this is what I preach, an hour or 40 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you can get. My busy mums out there, sometimes they can only get 15 minutes in and that's totally fine. But within that time frame, I want you to do something that's going to make you feel good. That's going to set you up for the day. So you're going to own the morning. No mobile phones. No social media, no replying, nothing that's going to set that prefrontal cortex off. The idea is to rest it because that's where anxiety and worry comes in. So own your mornings, journal, meditate, go for a walk, whatever that is. So that's the first foundation. The second is nutrition. Understand how to eat. So just having a good protein, fats and carbohydrates for the day. You need every single macronutrient. So just learn how much of each macronutrient to eat and have a well-balanced diet. So that's the second. The third is movement. So as humans, think back to caveman days, we were designed to walk around all day, hunt. We're designed to move. We weren't designed to sit. Seats only came out, God knows, like, I don't know, I'm making this up a few hundred years ago, (laughs) but it hasn't been around for long. So we're designed to move. So make sure we get our steps in. Now, on average, you want around 7,500 because anything less than that can actually downregulate your hunger hormones. The two key ones we look at here is leptin, your satiety, and ghrelin is your hunger. So in order to have that neuroregulation of appetite, it's really important to make sure you've got enough movement in. So listen to a podcast and get moving, go for a walk. It will mean planned movement, planned exercise. Um, So the fourth one I'd definitely say is exercise, whether that's weight training. Um, I love to play tennis. I love to do any type of sport. Um, At the moment, I'm really into tennis. I just signed up at a club and I'm terrible, but that's movement. So a big foundation is movement. And then the last sort of pillaral foundation of health would definitely be stress management, mindfulness, um, understanding how to calm the mind, be in charge of your thoughts, be in control of your thoughts, um, and just learning how to be mindful would be the fifth one. So good. I don't even like, I could add lots of things as you could too. <laughs> There's so but, many like, things. That's, that's, that's perfect. It's honestly perfect. And 
Um, you probably don't know this, but you know, last end of last year, I went through a termination, and I um the thing that saved me, literally mm. the thing that fucking saved me from the worst mental trauma of my life, hands down. I wrote like you you personally don't know this, but there's a podcast episode about it. Um, is morning routines. Yeah, having just a simple thing every day that I was just so connected to. I was like, every morning I'm just getting up and I'm tongue scraping and I'm going to drink good quality water and I'm going to meditate. And then I'm going to go and just be in nature and move my body. And if that means sitting on the beach and crying, that's crying on the beach. If that means walking around a headland, that's a headland. If that means going for a run, whatever, like it was just whatever I could feel like I was, I could do, but that saved me. And I love, they're just so easy, but they really create such foundational elements to health. Hey? So powerful. And it's something is so, I'm going to check out that podcast. Definitely. Um, <laughs> something so powerful as a morning routine. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but it's the most beneficial way. And I always say like, why don't we set ourselves up for success for the day as opposed to alarm goes off, cortisol, rushing to work, checking emails on the way. That's stress, 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 stress. So own your mornings. It's definitely going to set you up to be in such a better place for the rest of the day. If you own your mornings, you own your day, you own your weeks, you own your months, you own your year, you rock it. So you own your life. You own your life. Yes. (laughs) You say all these things are like, it's just life. You're owning your life. life. (laughs) That summarizes as you own your life. Yeah. Um, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing all this beautiful wisdom the nitty nitty gritty shitty things pardon the pun of shit you know that really are fun like fundamental for our health um so tell our listeners before I ask you the final podcast question how can they find you how can they learn more about what it is that you do and what you offer so you can find me on Instagram because I have not made a website and that's been in progress for about four years and I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon so Check me out on my Instagram, which is just at Laura Morale Wellness. And pretty much my Instagram is an educational platform. So I don't post a lot about my business. I provide a lot of education. So if you are looking to find some more information about anything we've spoken about today, um, I've probably done quite a few posts on it. Um, what was the last question you asked me? Just where they can find you. That's perfect. Oh, perfect. Yep. Yeah. Instagram is yeah. the way to go. I love that. A part of me is like, Damn, I wish I didn't have to manage a website. <laughs> I had the website before Instagram, though. That's how long I've been around. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. All those links will be in the show notes for everyone to find you. And if you haven't checked out Laura's Instagram, please go do that. Um, you know, it's very educational. All right. Final podcast question. We're like switching gears up. It's a podcast question I ask all of our mm. beautiful guests. I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self. So the time when you're a teen or a tween mm. and you got your period for the first time. And what are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? Oh, that is a great question. One, it's normal. Um, talk about it. That would be a huge one. I felt very secretive. I felt very, I didn't want to tell anyone. So definitely talk about it. Learn more. That would be my second one. I would try and find out exactly what my period is and like how to handle it. And then what would my third one be? I think just let's reiterate, share it, talk about it, make it normalize it. I'm going to reiterate that point, I think. Awesome. They're like 
there are so many things that I wish. I wish I knew everything that I know when I was that age. But I think supporting girls, really girls, becoming women at that at that pivotal moment of life is so important and there's always going to be things that we wish I had to learn and they're beautiful ones so thank you so much you're um, so welcome thank you so mm. much for having me it's been a I've, I've loved it I love I really have loved it um so for everyone listening I hope you've enjoyed it as much as as much as Laura and I and um yeah thank you for taking the time out to be a part of the the podcast and sharing all of your wisdom you're so welcome thank you for having me thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.